It's your favorite podcast, Game Time with Zach and Jamir. I'm Jamir Wilson, co-hosted by Zach Wright. Today, on this episode right here, we're going to hop into our 2022-2023 Eastern Conference preview. We've got a lot of interesting and fun scenarios and teams and things to think about, players, etc. And we're going to jump right into it. The first thing I want to talk about right off the bat is the contenders of the Eastern Conference because there's a heavy load of teams that we can sit here and say are contenders. I don't know as about as much as we can like in the West because the West is very, very loaded and very deep. But what are your thoughts and how? what are your feelings on the quote-unquote contenders in the Eastern Conference, Zach? Well, I will say, like you were saying, it's not as much choices in my mind as like as there are in the West. But I think that the East, the top of the East is kind of I feel like if we talk about the top five teams in the league, I think the top three, which just, just just to get it going, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, I feel like those three teams are in the top five in the entire league. So while it's like I think I think the East is a little more top heavy. Per se, you know, for lack of a better term, versus the West is kind of like flat in the sense of like, I don't know how much better, I don't know like the big difference between like the Suns and the Clippers, you know what I mean, in the West or like the Pelicans and the Nugget. It's like there's just so many little things that kind of separate them. But the East is like Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia are just they're just the better, the best teams in the East to me. They have a clear contenders. I would say Philadelphia I have as the least likely to win all of those three, more so because a lot of what ifs, like what if Embiid gets another fluke injury, what if Harden comes back looking like he did last year, you know, uh, like the fit of the PJ Tucker and Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris have been playing the three, the four, we're going to have him at the three, you know, just a lot of questions. Is Doctor is going to going to sell once again in the playoffs? The Sixers have the most questions on these teams. Yes, Boston has the he made Udoga thing, but Joe Mazzula, the interim coach, he's been in the system for years. He was there last year. He can very much replicate what happened or uh, replicate the offense and defense. And in addition to that, the players just got a finals berth. They're going to want to really, I think they're going to take control of themselves and really try to build on last year themselves as players. Does the same coaching voice is not there anymore, but the players, you know, they have a common goal. You know, they know where they were. They want to get back there. In Milwaukee, they got Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and they maintained pretty much the same team. They lost Dante DiVincenzo, but I mean, they guess they traded him in the middle of the season. So I think Milwaukee had to have Chris Middleton. We might be talking about them as the champion from last year, right in the way here. So those three teams kind of stand, in, you know. Head and shoulder above the other teams in my mind. Mir looks like he has some thoughts on my Sixers point, so I'm gonna let you go ahead. I'll say this right off the bat, just just so that I'm my, I make my position clear. I do 100% believe that the Sixers right now, just on paper, are the favorite to win, or my they're my personal favorite to win the Eastern Conference. Uh, just on paper alone, I think that you said if. That was that was a great word. And I don't think that a lot like 
okay, there's there's some history behind the Doc Rivers thing and the Joel Embiid thing, but outside of that, James Harden is still a at a minimum, at a minimum, and we're saying at a minimum, he's a 28 and 10 player who is gonna have a year, who's now gonna have an entire offseason within a specific system working with specific players. You've got Tyrese Maxey who is going to improve and has ha- who will now have an entire offseason to learn from James Harden, who's one of the greatest guards of all time. You have PJ Tucker, like PJ Tucker, like I'm a, I'm a debunk that thing right there. So Danny Green in this lineup, uh, essentially like when, Dan- when Danny Green was in or whoever the, the, the three man was essentially was just a defender and a guy like Matisse Thibault basically right yeah. so Matisse he just played in the corner played outside and he was a cutter okay. and then he would shoot you know and, and, and PJ Tucker was most effective when he was in Houston as a corner shooter off of none other than James Harden and now you also have the addition of Joel Embiid. He won't interfere with anybody's offensive skills. He won't in- interfere with any, you know, spacing per se, because that's what he's essential. That's his essential function. Is to yeah, I I was, well, I, for one, I think those things, those two can work. I was kind of saying the ifs that were being that mm-hmm. were being spewed by other sources, mm-hmm. but I guess to help with those ifs or just to take that side, I think it's more so about. Uh, Tobias Harris as a defender, he's, he's always been average, but like historically, typically, typically been guarding like fours. And I guess the three and four are kind of synonymous nowadays, so that kind of helps. Mm-hmm. But you know, he is just there are some defensive questions with the Sixers in terms of Harden and Maxi being targeted in the, as a backcourt, and Tobias Harris not being a plus defender. Like, you know, there are the Sixers who have some questions, I will say. They do. And and I'll say this, and I'll compare and I and, and I'll and I'll I'll debate that because James Harden is not the kind of guy you can just target anymore. He's we already know he's gotten rid of that kind of that thing off his back already. Like the man could barely move, and he was guarding James Harden, and he was like, not not James Harden, he, James Harden was guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was one of the most dominant paint players of all time, and he was injured. Like, he couldn't even, he could barely move offensively, but he was guarding him in the post when he was playing for Brooklyn, and like, he, he's not he's not chopped liver defensively. Like, and, and I would say this, Tobias Harris last year one thing that I can give him credit for, and like I've I've been on the t- the trade to bias train for a while, but he's worked to a point where he's he may not be a plus defender, but he's not a minus either. He hustles for boards. He can he can get you about six seven boards a game. You've got Joel Embiid, who is one of the better defensive bigs in the in the league, uh, who can protect the rim. PJ Tucker. Uh, you've got Matisse Thibel who can sub in. And I mean, offensively, he's a liability, obviously. But again, he is a superior defender. Although he did he did get exposed in the playoffs because of the fact that he was such an offensive novice. Uh, but in, in situations when you have like a, Embiid and whatnot on the floor and 
you're running different lineups. I don't know. You can Matisse Thibel can be effective defensively and be a plus defender. PJ Tucker is a plus defender. Uh, so and, and and I feel like the only minus, the only real minus defender that we have in our entire starting five right now is Tyrese Maxey, which you can hide one bad defender. You can't hide three. You can't hide four, but you can hide one if you have a rim protector and you have a superior per- perimeter defender, the likes of a PJ Tucker. I feel you. Just in a playoff setting, bro, this is going to be uh, screen. going to switch off on the Maxi guarding, let's say, like a Tatum or Giannis or a Jalen Brown or Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving and his barbecue chicken. So, you know, it's just a question. That is a, a weakness. But I, I still think I we're feel, up there. I feel like for that weakness, but I feel like other teams have, because the thing is, it's like, and, and 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 I'm I'm kind of just really more so arguing on the Sixers side right now, and I'm not really debating the other teams. Like, let me look. Let me, let me look at the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, they're a good basketball team. Don't get it twisted. They have probably the best player in the Eastern Conference, or someone who is top two in the Eastern Conference right now. Like, if I you know if I'm not if I'm being fair and being honest, like Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the top players on earth. There is no doubt about that. There, you know, you you have the likes of a of a Chris Middleton. You have Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. You have those guys, Pat Connaughton, Wesley Matthews, Serge Ibaka. You've got you. They they even picked up Joe Ingles and George Hill. My question mark for them is depth. Although, yes, you did pick up Joe Ingles and. You got Marjan Marchamp and or Bauchamp. I'm sorry. My ultimate question really is like I really want to see depth. Like, because I think the Sixers address like Boston showed that they had depth and they added depth in the offseason by acquiring Malcolm Brogdon and whatnot. Six man of the year. Yeah, he, he has a very serious chance of winning six man of the year. He might mess around to be starting, to be honest with you, because again. They need a point guard, like in, in crunch time situations and in playoff situations. And see, that's why I would argue Boston and Philly right now. Like I would say right now, I like Boston. I like Philly number one. I like Boston number two, and I like Milwaukee number three right now. If I'm being completely honest, and 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 I would say it's closer between Boston and 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 Milwaukee than it is Philly and in, in, in Boston, because. Again, the Boston situation is kind of is, is wild, and there's a lot of wild implications, and we can get we could get into that all day, but I just feel like that you know that would be doing the the, the Celtics a disservice because they still had a great off season, nonetheless, and I think that they can rally behind the players that they have. So, but yes, they they added depth, and they were already a deep team. I don't like the 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 Bucks depth moves per se were just kind of moves that they make like they just bring in old ass three point shooting dudes. George Hill always you know seems to be on that roster and he don't give you much in the playoffs. So I think that it's going to come down to depth like in the in the Western Conference I said it's going to really come down to coaching because I think the talent is there is like pretty much equal across the board. But I think in the in, in in the Eastern Conference specifically, it's going to come down to depth. Like it's really going to come down to depth because their star power, like Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo, pretty much cancel out. 
I think it's going to be the other guys. And then, like, you know, in Boston, you've got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And the problem with them is you never know when Jalen – like, if it's Jalen Brown, it's not Jason Tatum. If it's Jason Tatum, it's not Jalen Brown. When they're both clicking, you win. I think that's something casing anymore. Well, it was like that all playoffs. And yeah, the- not really. They weren't like one was the only time one was off off was like Tatum was off in the finals, but throughout the first three rounds, they were kind of both getting getting their buckets. And they had the historical, I repeat, historical defense. They did. And we'll see, and we'll see with that, and we'll see if if they sustain that. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I do like the Sixers in general. Like even when they got hard, I thought they were great. But I don't know. I think this their new additions are being a bit overstated. Like PJ Tucker's about to go out and average four points a game, cool. and Daniel House is about to go out and get out become unplayable in the playoffs because he's probably not going to shoot. He's streaky as shit. He's an okay defender, streaky shooter. I just think their additions are going to be overstated. The only thing I can truly see that gets them over the top is if Harden comes back to form. I don't think he's 28 and 10 anymore. Maybe like 20, 22, 24, 22 to 24 and 10 with, of course, his usual six to eight rebounds, which is still an amazing player. Like Harden can be an all-NBA player again. Actually, that's why I think the Sixers are the best. But... I don't know, just a lot of, like, ifs, and we don't know what Harden's going to look like. He lost 100 pounds, which sounds like a lot, but... I want to add one last thing. The Sixers' moves, right, I don't think they were overstated. Like, P.J. Tucker adds something that the Sixers very much did not have. Hart. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that. They, have ne- they haven't had that since Jimmy Butler. You're right, you're right. Then you have... Montrez Harrell for an additional adage of that. And he also can get Montrez Harrell won six man of the year. This man won six man of the year a couple years ago. And is still a really good basketball player. He's just been in some 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 BS situations. And now you put him in a, a, a jersey where he could actually contend for a title again. Come on now. And on top of that, the Sixers have something that they haven't had in a very, very, very long time. A backup point guard. We haven't had a backup point guard in a very long time. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. De'Anthony Melton is a really good basketball player and a very underrated move because of the simple fact that I I mentioned it in our Western Conference preview, and I'm going to mention it again in our Eastern Conference preview. The Memphis Grizzlies, went. they were at one point, they were 20 and two without John Morant. Who was the starting point guard? Anthony Melton. Sure, was, I thought it was Tyus Jones at that point. Oh, well, he was he was in the mix. He he got a lot of minutes, was, and he was yeah, heavily was, involved in that rotation. He was a big part of that. You're right. You're he, right. Was, he was heavily involved in that guard rotation, nonetheless. So so Ty, the Anthony Melton, he's going to come in. He gives you three point shooting. He gives you playmaking off the bench. He gives you you know you know he gives you the whole gambit of what a point guard should be, and. He he gives us something that we haven't had in a while, which is playable players. Like, that's been our main weakness. Like, last year, we only really had, like, three or four continuously playable players in the playoffs. Like, our top four players were the only players that were really playable. Like, I feel like Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, Harrell, and Melton are all playable for heavy playoff minutes. 
because of the fact that they can shoot, score, or defend in some capacity. And like Matisse Thiable struggled with that. Niang was terrible. Like he he couldn't defend. And then on top of that, when he was missing, he was virtually ineffective. Where you're getting something out of all of those players constantly. Yeah. I feel you. But I do think that those three teams reign as the top three regardless. I think that they are the, you know, they're going to they're going to be the class of the Eastern Conference. Um, and I think the only team outside of those three who could creep into that group the only team that has the potential to do it and speaking of the word if you know where i'm going the brooklyn nets uh-uh. the only other team but the thing but the thing is they're perfect they're beautiful if you look at their roster they have a beautiful roster mm-hmm. if they added a big man they would have a perfect roster yeah i don't like claxton being the only no. Center, I don't like that. I have Damon Sharp, but they're not going to play him. Yeah, I don't like that. So yeah, why don't we just get into the next tier? Yes. I do hope the best for the Sixers than be. You know, you know, I love me some be, You know, I love me some Harden. Take a lot of a lot of heat on Twitter when I try to defend Harden's um, playoff meltdowns, but yeah, that's just how I feel about them. But the next, this is what, I think the next tier in the East is really interesting because mm-hmm. there's like legitimately nine teams that. I feel like our playoff basketball teams, including the top three. So Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Yep. The Cavaliers. Absolutely. Raptors. Mm-hmm. The Hawks. Yep. Nets. Mm-hmm. The Bulls. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't even say the Heat, which is nine. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's nine teams that I think are like playoff teams. And obviously one of them will not make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see a couple of them teams definitely going though. Like I, I feel like there's a couple more locks in there. And then we have the Knicks and the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Brenton for MVP. <laughs> Yo, the Knicks are are freaking disgusting, bro. I, I think the Knicks can low key, low key, uh, get that playing spot though. Hell no. If things break even, uh, well, uh, play it that that yeah that that number ten seed playoff playing spot. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know if, if the teams are playing happen to have a Clippers like luck where Paul George gets hurt in the last playing game, the Knicks could sneak in. You know, no, I still think they wouldn't get in. I don't think that I don't see a way in the world the Knicks get in the playoffs and they get in the playoffs against these teams. It would be absolutely fire, but huh? It'd be absolute fodder for whoever they play, but yeah, they they get they getting sent home in no less than five, <laughs> no more, no more, no more than five. I'm tripping. Yeah, no more you. than five. I got you. Yeah, no more than five. Excluding the Knicks and the Wizards, why don't we talk about these other teams? We'll probably get to Knicks and Wizards later. But like, all right, so we have our top three. I know you said the Nets. And speaking about ifs, they mm-hmm. are like mm-hmm. the next team, but. Who do you think is the true leader of that next pack? The true leader of the next pack. Up front, on paper, without the ifs, the next team that I'm looking at would have to be, and this may surprise you, the Miami Heat. Okay. They are they are always in it. They're consistent. They and like they don't have all the bells and whistles that the Cavaliers and the Nets have, which I think those are the two teams that are behind them. But I think the Miami Heat, for what it's worth, 
will secure a, at least secure a playoff spot where they don't have to compete in a play-in scenario just because of the fact that at the end of the day, they get it done. They're, they're a team that regardless of the drama, regardless of the BS, regardless of all the noise that comes with being an NBA franchise, especially in Miami, for it to be Miami is crazy, but they get it done. So I feel like they're going to get in the playoffs and they're going to be right there as they always are. Jimmy Butler, I don't think he's going to let them slide and dip too far, especially considering, you know, they're a homegrown, they're a semi-homegrown team, should I say. Bam out of bio, still a great defensive big man, one of the better bigs in the Eastern Conference. You've got, in a, in a, in a, in a conference loaded full of bigs at this point, you've got Tyler Hero, who just signed a mass extension. And, but, and, and, and I mean, the, the only, I guess, backslide and weakness that I really see is the fact that they didn't get any, they didn't get much better in the offseason. They really didn't get much better in the offseason, if I'm being completely honest. And like a lot of people, a lot of people within their organization, like were under, were underperforming, like underwhelming, like Kyle Lowry was very underwhelming to say the least. So and I mean, I, you know, you got you, you could hope that he'll be better this year and whatnot. But I think that they they've, they've got they've got a, a, a serious chance to at the very least lock up a playoff spot without having to fight too hard. What it, what 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 team come you know sticks out to you right away as, as a team that would definitely, you know, get in aside from the main three that we talked about? It's really, really, really is hard. This next group. I like some of the heat. They, um, you know, like I said, they're consistent. They lost P.J. Tucker, but I don't think that's the end of the world for them. Like, next man up, that's, that's just been the heat the last couple seasons. But as you said, there's looks like a lot of regression for a few players in that roster. And, like, I don't see – I don't see Tyler Hero just making a big jump to, like, make up for the fact that there's – everyone else is regressing. Not everyone else, but a lot of other players. Jimmy Butler's getting a year older, et cetera. So, with that – that kind of takes them out for me. I guess for me, if I'm being honest, I'm really high on this Cavs team. And I will say, you have to remember, they were like the second seed last year up until their whole team got injured. And they were that high up in the, in the standings for like, like late into the season, they were high up. You know what I mean? It's not like they were like just a surprise and shock at that point. Like, it's, they were like 40 games in. Like, at that point, you kind of know who's playing well and you know who's not. So... Yeah, I think the Cavs might be the next team. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell fan, but talent is talent. He's a very talented player. Joining a very talented team gives them another ball handle like they need. Their win position is, again, questionable. But, you know, you added a 25-point-per-game score to a team that was starved for offense at times and will lead that defense. And I just think that's a recipe for success. So I kind of see them as the fourth team in my mind. Again, Brooklyn, of course, they have the talent. They're up there with, with any team talent-wise, at least in the top end of their roster. But there's a lot of ifs. TJ Warren still, we don't know when he's playing. Ben Simmons, yes, he played a couple of preseason games, but he didn't look too great in those games for one and two. He still has to get back to the group of things. Uh, Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving, but those two do miss games. Well, they miss a lot of games. 
at a fairly consistent basis at this point. Like the last few seasons, they both missed plenty of games. So, AO, like, yes, it's all about the playoffs and, like, you know, what happens at the end. So, what matters at the end is the results, but missing 25 games, missing 30 games does add up into what happens in the playoffs and et cetera. Like, that stuff really does matter. You need consistency, you need chemistry, et cetera. So, yeah, I just think Brooklyn and Miami, yeah, I have them in the same area as the Cavs as you do, but I just think the Cavs will look like they look like they'll be the most consistent of those teams to me, barring injuries, just because the Cavs have three players who were in the All-Star game last year and a fourth who has the potential to be better than all those three, all three of those guys and Evan Mobley. So, yeah, I just like, I like the Cavs prospects this year. I think that'll be a very fun team to watch. Definitely hope I can see them in person this year if possible, but we'll see. Speaking as someone who saw the Brooklyn Nets and Cleveland Cavaliers live late last year, both teams are fun to watch. And now I get to see a team with Ben Simmons and a team with Donovan Mitchell. Both teams are really fun. I, I like what you said about both teams. The Brooklyn Nets have a lot of question marks, a lot of older players. They, to me, and, and to me, they're also like, they're as, as we said, like both teams have a hole. Like that big man position in Brooklyn, I'm very curious to see what they do with that. Like Claxton is going to be the main guy. And then I guess they're just going to try to fill it out around that, which again, I really still would have really would have liked if they, you know, picked up somebody or made a move to get somebody bigger in there. And then you've got the Cavaliers where at the wing spot, they're kind of small, but you know, they, they, they run odd lineups and that's kind of been their bread and butter with like odd lineups and different kind of lineups and stuff like that. So we, we will see. And then also depth is going to be a question for me with Cleveland more specifically. So I want to, I want to see what they do with that team. Um, And then, I guess behind those teams, the two other teams that we could really talk about, like, because I, because I, like, I think we kind of, yeah, like, as you said, we agree. You have the Heat, the Nets, and the Cavs kind of in that three to six bracket. And then I would say that there's three other teams that we can look at the Bulls, the Hawks, and the Raptors as those, like, playing last playoff spot-ish teams. And, and so, and, and another team that we don't, that we're not really even talking about that I guess I could throw into that fray of, and, and, and I guess they would be, they would fit more along the lines of nine through 12. Mm-hmm. Like you could, argue, I guess you could argue that they fit in the more of nine through 12 bracket of this conference. Is like because I because I, I see a theme here and like it's like recurring three. So I'm thinking about the Hornets, but I'm also not thinking about the Hornets just because they just don't make any moves. Like they have Lamelo Ball, and then they didn't pick up any momentum from that at all. Right. Yeah, I put them in my trying their best category. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're gonna do what they're gonna do, but you know, Miles Bridges domestic violence stuff he's not given a contract understandably so so he 
is a big hole in their team now. Like as a result of that, their team has a big hole. He's like, you know, their second guy. He's no longer playing for them. So yeah, just put them as a try. They're gonna try their best. The Melo Balson's gonna put up some numbers. They're probably gonna shut them down early and get in the Manbanyama sweet stakes, which would be cool. Lamella with a, a 740 on his team <laughs> to throw, mm-hmm. the, throw the ball up to. I think that'd be dope. That'd but, be funny. But yeah, I don't know. They're just I see what you mean. I see it. I feel like they probably do fit along the lines of, and it kind of, it, it does make sense. Like they probably fit along the lines of a, of a group that would be probably better off with like the Wizards and the Knicks. And yeah. I think they probably would be on the bottom end of that spectrum, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, so of the next pack, I guess that we can say like those, those like bubble, bubble playoff teams, the Hawks, the Raptors and the Bulls. What team, and I'll say, I'll, I'll ask it this way. What team do you see, like, what team do you see not making it? Gotta be Chicago at this point. Gotta be Chicago. I'm not the biggest Trey Young guy, but it gotta be Chicago. They are, they had a lot of injuries last year. They're, you know, they're another team that was hurt by injuries a lot. But I will say they also were, I just don't know how, how sustainable all this stuff they were doing was. Like, the Rose had the best year of his life last year. And, like, let, let the Julius Randle story be a cautionary tale of that. And, you know, players the best year of his life, his team gets a low playoff spot. Wonderful. Then the year after, things tend to fall back to earth. And they have injuries already with Lonzo Ball, which is a huge injury. Like we saw it happen in their team with Lonzo and Caruso got hurt. Their whole defense was kaput. So that's they're already starting off on a, the wrong leg there. Usovic, just not good enough defensively. I think Patrick Williams, people like to talk about him as like he has such a great blah blah blah. So far he seems like okay to me. I don't like he's certainly not gonna be like a Giannis stopper. He's not gonna be the dude who's guarding those that category of player in my mind. I just don't see it. Just I just don't see it with him, you know. Just basically, I just think a lot of a lot of it comes down to the fact that uh, they're already missing Lonzo. They don't know when they're getting him back, and the Rosa will progress to the mean a bit. And this team is very like the East is just like you know what it's so jumbled with the playoff playoff race. One injury, one major injury, and some regression is all you need to like be out. That's it. I like the points you brought up, if I'm being completely honest. I do like the points that you brought up. I like the fact that you talked about DeMar DeRozan and how he had the best year of his career. And I like I like all that, right? But here's where I here's where I would debate that, right? DeMar DeRozan on an average year is what Julius Randle was. Like, if we're being completely honest here, like Julius Randle, like as a defender, no, but as an offensive player, yes. DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan consistently was a bucket, like a guy who could get you, what, 20 a game consistently? Like, 
he was doing that on an average year, pretty much. Like, I mean, I mean, and, you know, this year was a bit above, was, you know, it was a bit above average. Like, he was really, he was really going crazy last year, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like that point, bro. Julius Randle was old NBA in that season. That's cool. Dude averaged 24, 10, and 6. I believe that was the year. Move on basketball reference. Right now, shout to basketball reference for the free Googles and whatnot. Basketball reference is legit, though. I'm not going to lie. 2020, Dude averaged 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Shot. What's his two points? He shot 41% from the three. 50% from the right. 50- Percent of the field overall. DeRozan has never done some shit like that. Uh, it was on his ass off. As a three-point shooter, no. You're right. As a three-point shooter, no. six. Come on, Russ. That's that's. Wrong. But I'm saying. But I'm. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. As an all-around player, I said that. As not as an all-around player, I'm talking about offensively. Demar Derozan has averaged. From from the moment he first averaged over twenty a game, he has never averaged under twenty a game. He's averaged mm-hmm. twenty from from twenty from the twenty thirteen fourteen season. He's averaged twenty two, twenty, twenty three, twenty seven, twenty three, twenty one, twenty two, twenty one, twenty seven point nine last year. He has never averaged under twenty a game. From the the first time he averaged twenty, and the thing is, before then he averaged like from his rookie year, he never averaged under seven, uh, sixteen. So it's like again, I'm saying as an offensive force, his average year, his typical year, is right around what Julius Randle was doing offensively. And I mean, you know, like, you know, again as an overall player, sure, Julius Randle as a big man. In, in a Tom Thibodeau system where he didn't have much offensive help, of course he's going to average like great ass numbers like that. And, and and here's the thing, right? DeMar DeRozan is not going to have the kind of fall off Julius Randle did because he doesn't do like, he's not going to fall under 20 a game because, right, but... because he that's proven. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, I'll put it to you like, they added Andre Drummond, who is one of the greatest rebounders of all time. You, you, you. At some point, they, they, they're, there's hope that they can get Lonzo back. You got Javante Green, who is a solid defender. You got Pat Williams, as you said. Who some people, you know, he he's he he's got he's got some stuff to prove, mm-hmm. for sure, no doubt. You've got Zach Levine, who is still a bucket. Like he's another dude who's a legitimate bucket. So I say all that to say I think the team that I would point to right now would be the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors missed the playoffs? Ooh, that's a, a scantilating take. Yes, it is. Here's why. Scotty Barnes in them? Yes, sir. Ooh. Oh, the listeners going to be like, boy, what the fuck? <laughs> but continue, continue. I respect it. I, I do want to hear why. Here's why. I okay. I like the Raptors, and I think that the Raptors are solid, but 
that's it. I I don't I don't they didn't get any better from last year. Every team, there's evidence that they in some way, shape, or form improved. And like if Lonzo comes back and he like like even if it's in the middle of the season and he comes back healthy, I just like those teams better. Like talent wise, like yes, Nick Nurse is one of those guys. I'm, I'm gonna be hundred percent honest with you. Nick Nurse as a head coach is really one of those dudes. And he's going to keep them in a lot of games that they shouldn't be in based on the talent discrepancy. But, you know, Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes had a great season. Average 15, 7, 3, was a really good defender. You got OG Ananobi, who averaged 17. You know, like, like really, really good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But I just, I got to see it again this year offensively. Like, I really need to see it again. Like, Pascal C- and, and Pascal Siakam was hooping, too. Like, he was. You know, shout out to Spin Move. He was hooping. 22-8-5, he was balling. But I need to see I need to see it again offensively this year. Um, Gary Trent was balling. Fred Van Vliet did his thing. I, I need to see, like, I don't number, like, one depth. I think that the Hawks and the Bulls are both deeper. They have better top-end talent, like far superior top-end talent, if I'm being completely honest. Like, and, and, and I don't know if Nick Nurse's coaching can close that gap. You get what I'm saying? Like, DeMar DeRozan, like, in a crowd, like, I'm thinking, like, if we put these two teams up against each other, like, if we put the Hawks and the, the Raptors in a series, Nick Nurse would have to coach his ass off and would have to get the best performances of the lives of Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, and whatnot every game to have a chance to compete. Like, I don't think they have upper-level talent. Like, they I, I, they have a lot of, like, B-plus talent if I'm at, at best. There's no, like, sometimes... Pascal Siakam looks like an A minus player, but very rarely, very rarely, where Trey Young is a legitimate, is legitimately one of the best point guards, best guards on earth. This dude can average 30 and 10. And you add a DeJounte Murray, who is a elite defender. He he was he was like like one of the most important pieces in San Antonio as they struggled their way to a playing spot last year. But he's going to come into a, a situation where he doesn't have to, like, you know, like he doesn't have to be the, the guy. And Trey Young doesn't have to be the guy either because now they have DeJounte. They've got shooters everywhere. You've got Clint Capella. They have experience as a team, et cetera. You've, then, again, with Chicago, they have depth. They have top-end talent. So I, I just I, – I have to see because, like, the thing I said to Miami applies to Miami because of the fact that you have a Bam out of bio who I think is one of like really one of the best bigs in on the planet. And like is, is one of those dudes defensively all the time offensively, you know, he has some question marks. Sometimes Tyler hero can get you 20 Jimmy Butler. When it comes down to it in crunch time, he has this magical thing where he turns it on and he's like an a kind of player. I've seen it multiple times where I, I need to, and they have some depth and they, and 
they also always find these mysterious players like Max Struess and 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 Gabe Vincent last year. So I you know I just I just need to see more from the Raptors if I'm being honest, and I think they they have a very good chance of being left out this year. Although Nick Nurse is one of those dudes as a head coach, he's one of the best coaches in the world. Yeah, I feel you. They're that team that are just like they they pull up and you're like, eh, we got this. But Nick Nurse, in a series like, like to counter your point about a series, Nick Nurse would coach circles around Nate McMillan, and he would take Trey Young around the series. Trey Young suffers from small guard syndrome, unfortunately, and we see what the Heat did to his ass. <laughs> and I think Nick Nurse would be able to put Scotty Barnes and Pascal Scott and OG Yamanobi and Otto Porter and all these other long defenders had to take Trey Young right out the series and had him shooting 36% again. But I think the Raptors, yes, they're lacking a bit in talent. Like you said, a lot of B-plus talent. But in terms of, like, your prototypical with kinds of players you want, they do have that. They're, they have that, and they have a lot of it. And it, I think, that, you know, it showed itself plenty of times last year. And Scotty Barnes will get better. And it'll, I think it'll show itself again this year. But I do see, I see where you're coming from. I just, I just don't, I just, I, I can no longer sleep on the Raptors. I have told myself I need to stop doing that. And I'm going to stop right now. They're going to have to wake me up. That's all I got to say. They're going to have to wake me up. I just don't, I'm not feeling it. And the thing is, again, like, okay, even with the small guard syndrome point, like, Again, he's never played with the caliber of a player of DeJounte Murray's like, you know, you've never played with a player like DeJounte Murray before. And I mean, that's a that that in itself can be a question mark as well. But DeJounte Murray provides cover and he's also a defender that they've never like the kind of defender they've never had before. So who's to say that Fred Van Vliet could be slowed down significantly? And that's 20 points off the board right there. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's 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 yeah, that hurts. In that in that scenario, you know what I mean. So it's like, yeah, I I, I again, I, I I see it working, and and you're right. I think that there's few coaches in the league that Nick Nurse wouldn't coach circles around. So it's like I could name maybe five, six, seven head coaches he wouldn't co coach circles around. But again, coaching matters when the talent is that close. So, yeah. I, again, I, I just got to see it. Yeah, the East, this, it's just crazy that there's, like, legitimately nine really good teams. It's like, you know, the out of this group, the Cavs was a team big in the playoffs. But, A, they were decimated by injuries, and, B, they added Donovan Mitchell. So, it's like, you can't, they, there's no way. One of them this time. There's no way they're not making it this year. Like, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, someone's going to get the boot. Somebody's getting the boot. I think a variance team, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a variance team just because, you know, like we say, Katie and Kyrie are going to miss time, and those games they miss time. How do the Nets look? You know what I mean? Like, can mm -hmm. they win enough without those two? Yeah. And in a year where there's nine legitimate teams, shit, Ben Simmons is going to miss time. Yeah, right. Shit. Right. In a year where there's nine legitimate teams, that stuff really does add up, really matters. And you can find yourself in the play in. And the plan is just like, what's one game? 
two games if you're a seven or eight seed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they would, it would be, I would be shocked if they didn't make it. But, you know, mm-hmm. of the teams that I'm so certain of, they are the biggest chance to not, not make it just because the, you know, just all the other things. Right. Now, moving on to, I would say, I, I think we have a pretty good grasp of the top nine at this point. So yeah. Yeah. we're thinking, we're thinking the top teams are Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston. Then we've got the next group, which is Brooklyn, Cleveland, and Miami. And then after that, we've got the Hawks, the Raptors, the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Bulls within that little six to nine category. Right. So then now we're starting to get to the, the bottom feeders of the, the Eastern Conference. So we're getting closer to that. So of, I guess we, like, and I, to be honest with you, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if almost the the only team I think and I think that and this kind of I guess plays into a prediction here, but the Orlando Magic is the only team that I can legitimately say will definitely not be fighting for a tenth seed. Because I th- I can make a case for every other team to be fighting for that tenth spot. Like the Knicks, I can argue for the Knicks, I can argue for the, the Hornets, I can make somewhat of an argument for the Pistons at this point. I can make an argument for the Pacers. I can make arguments for pretty much every team. So, like, of those teams, like, who do you think is getting that tip seed? I honestly do think it will be the Knicks. I really do. Like, you look at their team, it's not the worst collection of players. I mean, like, Brunson is solid. R.J. Barrett, solid. Julius Randle, solid. Mitchell Robinson's a, a pretty good big man. You know, that's a, and I, I don't know why they insist on starting Evan Fournier, but if you put someone else in there, let's say quickly, let's say quickly, you know, they have a couple, a couple of good players, Obi Toppin. They have some solid players over there. They have a coach who he, the, the team underperformed, everybody underperformed there last year, except for R.J. Barrett. I would say he played well. But Thibodeau is a proven coach, you know. He can eke out some wins for sure. And then, yeah, I guess, like, we, you, we kind of talk about the Hornets and bitch. I'm not going to go too in-depth. I just think they just don't have enough, point blank, simple. Washington, Bradley Beal is going to be back with the biggest contract in, like, NBA history. <laughs> uh, they got Chris Stotts for Zingas. And then after that, and, and Kuzma. I think Kuzma was very, very, very good for them last year. He'll be very good for them again. After that's a whole bunch of bleh. Like Corey Kispert, he can shoot bleh otherwise. Avdia, Abdi, a whole bunch of bleh. He's a jack of all trades, master of nothing. Like he's the he is the quintessence of that statement. Master Jack of all trades, master of nothing. That is Denny Avdia. Although I would say he's also below average as a shooter. But aside from that, yeah. Solid defender, low-key underrated as a playmaker at his position, but yeah. Monte Morris is your point guard, bleh. You know what I mean? The Wizards are are just bleh, central. So, yeah, at that point, you need, you need, you need to be a little more spectacular to, to do something. 
don't know. I do. I kind of like the magic. I, I, they're a mess, but they have some nice pieces going on there. They have some nice pieces. I think they could surprise. They have the 2K cheat code, Jonathan Isaac, waiting to be unleashed. For, for those of y'all who are listening, if you ever play my GM, just train for Jonathan Isaac. Just get him. Automatic chip. But yes, I like the magic. I think Paolo Vincaro is going to, once he comes to his own, it's be solid. They have Franz Wagner, you know, dude was, was definitely a bucket, first team all NBA, or, or first team all rookie, excuse me. <laughs> Cole Anthony could be a, a great six man one day. And Markel Fultz has been underrated at this point. Dude, dude is solid. He can't shoot a lick, but everything else, he got you. <laughs> everything else, he's there. I think the team that's going to be the one by Giannis, Giannis Week 6 is the Pacers, because Miles, Miles Turner and Buddy Heal, they've been, they're going to, they, they got to trade them somewhere at this point. There's no reason to keep them, and they've been trying to trade them for months. So I think they're the team that's going to tank. I think the interesting, I think the interesting team here to me that you haven't mentioned yet is the Detroit Pistons because Respect them. Okay. I like, I like me some Pistons. I, I like, you know, they picked up Bohan, which was a, a sleeper move. They picked, they have Sadiq Bay, who dropped 50 last year. You've got Marvin Bagley, who's, I guess, dealing with injuries right now. You got Isaiah Stewart at the big. He was solid last year. Jordan, you picked up Jaden uh, Ivy in the draft. Obviously, you've got Kay Cunningham. You've got Hamadou Diallo, Alec Burks. You've got Nerlens Noel. Uh, they also got Jalen Duran uh, in the draft. So I have they have a lot of solid players, mm-hmm. and I think that they can they can actually compete. They even got Kimball Walker. <laughs> I think I'm gonna say he's gonna step away. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. He just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with him, but I like them. I like Dwayne Casey as a coach, just in general. I've always liked Dwayne Casey as a coach. I think that they are definitely they're better than most teams that are re- remaining in this like big cluster mm-hmm. that we have at the back of the Eastern conference, because it's pretty much a mess at, at the back of the Eastern conference. And I, I say it would probably come down to me. I think the Pacers are still a good team. Like unless they, unless they really hop into fire sale mode. I like what they have actually, other than some of these, like Ty, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald. Even they even got Tice and uh, Jalen Smith as well, who's a good basketball player. And Rick Carlisle is a, a really good coach. I like a lot of the guys they have on this team. I think they're very thin at the wing position, but uh, and I mean y'all have they have Chris, uh, Chris Duarte as well, but I, I still feel like they're pretty thin at the wing. But outside of being thin at the wing spot, like they're 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 really solid at the guard spot, and they have good bigs. So I think that and, and along with coaching. So I think it would come for me, it would come down to the Pistons, the Knicks, and the Pacers. Where the Knicks do have the most talent, and they should of those teams be the team to get there. I'd, I I would say that it would be the Knicks, but my sleeper would be the Pistons. I like it. I do like it. Sadiq Bay's tough. 
Um, you know, this is, of course, their young up-and-coming team. Some questions are as to whether or not Kate Cunningham is going to come out and be, uh, you know, be able to hit, hit threes at an elite clip. That changes a lot of what they would do because Jaden Ivey's not coming out dropping 38% from the three. That's not happening. Bagley is a... I hate to be, I'm not even trying to be corny, but Bagley is a mixed bag for real. You just don't know. He's been spotty at best in his career, but he looked good when he got to Detroit. Isaiah Stewart shoots the ball from three, but he doesn't shoot it at an elite clip. So just a lot of uh, growing pains to go there. But yeah, I will say one thing I interesting with the East is that even at the bottom, they're not the worst teams in the league. Like the worst teams in the league are definitely the Rockets, Jazz, Thunder, and Spurs. Like, those are definitely the worst teams. That's four out of the 15 in the West. So, you know, there might be some surprises going on, but, yeah, I would be shocked if one of these teams from this Knicks, Wizards, Hornets, Magic, Pistons, Pacers tier got into the playoffs. That would be – that would shock me. That would be insane. Someone gets the plan because 10, te- 10, 10 teams need to get in the plan, but I don't see any of them getting past that, but – there will be some some entertainment to be had with each team. Matherin looks really good. I think he's going to be a solid player. Yeah, I like Benedict Matherin a lot. I liked a lot of the players that came out of this draft, like Jaden, Jaden Ivey, and Kate Cunningham should be a lot of fun together. Right. Coming up this season, so I'm I'm hyped to see those two. I have a question for you, and I, I think I think it's going to elicit a pretty obvious answer, but I just want to I just wanted to you know just check of the teams that we mentioned in this little this little back group, what team do you think most likely gets into the playoffs if there were to be a team to sneak into the playoffs and have the most success in the playoffs as a backup question? So I guess at least teams left, who's most likely to get in and have more, most success, a.k.a. have the shot at actually winning a game? <laughs> I would say... I want to say the Wizards, actually. Bradley Bill might score 35, get you a win. Because Chris Osborne's against is still big as hell. Kuzma can get you some games. But, yeah, I just think they're just everyone else is just – everyone else on the roster is flat. Although, shout out to Daniel Gafford. I, I mess with him. He's nice. He's tough. I mess with Gafford, but everyone else, yeah. <laughs> I think the Wizards are most likely to win, get in the game, playoffs, and win a game. I'd take the Knicks. Knicks. They're probably the most talented team, and they've got Tom Thibodeau as a defensive mind. Yeah, I just think they don't have a dude who can, like, steal you a game. Because, you know, for the team that makes it, odds are they're playing Bucks, Sixers, or Bucks, Sixers, or Celtics. And to win a game against them as one of these lesser teams, you would need somebody to do some shit. And I think the Wizards have, have the guy most likely to do some shit. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. He's the best player out of that out of the, that pool of players to pick from. That's a fact. I'd say Lamelo is probably next. Yeah, Lamelo probably is right behind him. I, yeah, I, I'd I'd say so. Now, what is something that you're looking forward to coming up this season about the Eastern Conference? Let me just get my my homer bag. I'm looking forward to see what the Celtics do. Fresh off the finals of appearance. Their team got better. Rob Williams is out in the beginning of the year, which definitely is going to have some some impact of sorts. But if he's, 
he comes back healthy, which is what what is expected, then like healthy and like ready to go and better off for it. I think the Boston Celtics can honestly pick up right where they left off. They will have to be a very tough um, Sixers or Milwaukee team, barring catastrophic things for either of those teams. Like both those teams can definitely like any of those three teams in the East. I would not be surprised if they won won the chip. Like I think it, like last year, I thought whoever counted the East was the favorite. I feel the same way this year. I feel similarly, given the contenders that were we're we've discussed thus far in these two episodes. But yeah, I'm just excited to see what Boston does. I think there's Tatum and Brown definitely like Jalen Brown's looks really it's preseason, of course, but Jalen Brown's looks ready to go, ready to take things over. You know, they've both been working. Uh we have I want to see how if this defense can like you know evolve or take another even more steps, because everyone's gonna know what to expect at this point, but with that, the Celtics, obviously, as a routine, are trying to improve on what they have. So just very excited to see how that goes. Looking forward to seeing how Brogdon really fits in. I just think they can – I had fun watching Celtics games last year. I think they can be even more fun this year. And how about you? What are you looking forward to with the East? I very much am looking forward to just all the new acquisitions, like DeJounte Murray being a Atlanta Hawk, the, the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell. I want to see how that fits. PJ Tucker, Montrez Harrell, and and uh, and you know DeAnthony Melton in Philly. I want to see you know Malcolm Brogdon and how he performs. You know that y'all also got Danilo Gallinari and Blake Griffin, but Danilo will probably be gone for the season, unfortunately for y'all uh, mm-hmm. from Boston. And then you know, I think the biggest name of all for me is Ben Simmons in Brooklyn. So, like I, I just want to see how these new pieces fit on new teams and how that will shape what the Eastern conference really looks like. Even Jalen Brunson in New York, I want to see if it was worth all of the effort that they put into getting that man so quickly right? and putting, you know, pulling out all the stops to get Jalen Brunson. I want to see if that was worth it. All that tampering. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all that tampering. They hired the man's father. <laughs> It did way too damn much, way too damn much to get Jalen Brunson. Like, I wonder what they – I really want to know what they saw in Jalen Brunson. They must have saw something that we wasn't seeing. And I'm, I've looked forward to it. But, yes, I'm I'm just excited to see all these new moves and see who does what where, you know what I mean? And, like, what, what really comes of all of these acquisitions and who fits the best. Is there a situation where there isn't a fit, et cetera? You know what I mean? I, I really am excited to see that. Right. Like this could be another year where we have a, a very active trade deadline because there is a lot of, like like we're saying in the West, a lot of teams have a shot at really getting to the finals. So a lot of people may feel compelled to make a move and mm-hmm. take the next step. And vice on the flip side, a lot of teams like, dang, we just made out our ear. Let's look at that boy Victor or look at that boy Scoot and just trade all their stuff. So... Yeah, I'm just excited for I'm just excited for the season in general. Definitely one of the more exciting seasons that I can remember in recent years. I would well, my only thing is I'd be willing to wager that it won't be a heavy trade season because of the fact that I feel like most people, like most teams made those fringe moves and big moves before like I feel like they're like the only teams who like at least from the contenders. Okay. I think I, I think up top, there's not going to be a lot of movement. Like, I feel like the only time you'll see teams 
really trying to make something happen is if they're trying to tank. I don't I don't think teams that are up top are going to be as aggressive trying to pull the trigger unless there's like a team basically on a fire sale type of thing where like like with the magic we're doing a couple of years ago or whatnot and yeah. what the what the jazz are kind of doing now. Like I can see the jazz kind of still working to further ravage that roster by the end of the season and getting rid of Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, and Lowry Markinen. And you know, and players like that. So I, I don't, I don't see too many teams up top because I feel like most of those teams already got what they needed, and, f- and you feel good with what they have. But you're not like, but if you're like a, if you're like a, let's say like a Bucks, and you're looking at the Jazz, and you're like, hmm, they're offering Jordan Clarkson the trade deadline for nothing because they just want to get even worse. Why not give up nothing and get an extra scoring guard off the bench? Because that makes sense. And, and, and shoot, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. For them. Cause they don't have a, they don't have no depth at all. Shit, Mike Conley would be terrific for them. When Middleton got hurt, bro, their creation just went done. Down. It's over yeah. at that point. Yeah, they, so yeah, you know, that's something. I got. That's why I feel like teams will be looking out for those those fringe guys from these poo poo teams. Mm-hmm. Really ready to just get over, you know, just get rid of anyone who's holding them back from being endorsed. Mm, shit. So somebody might take your your two K advice and trade for Jonathan Isaac. Right. No, it's funny. I was gonna say like, like when we were before we got on this, I was gonna say, oh, the Celtics or the Nets look out for Derek Favors, but A, it's Boston with, with, with um, Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. and Derek Favors got traded to the the, the Rockets in the randomest trade in trade history. Yo, that was the most <laughs> random, most bullshit trade I've ever seen in my life, bro. <laughs> I know you, yo. That was hilarious. I was like, "What the hell?" It's like the the biggest non-blockbuster trade I've ever seen in my life, bro. That was the first trade where I saw like the notification and did not open it to read further. Yeah, bro. It's like this player got two. This team got two second round picks and some some scrub off the street and I'm just like oh my god what is this like, in the West episode you're talking about like the, the Smiths and stuff on the end of the bench of the old teams that's what that trade looked like look like the trade around the Smith brothers <laughs> yeah bro the Smiths and the Ricky Davis right into the bench of the, the the old 2k teams when they ain't have everybody right yeah, it, that just that that killed me that was hilarious I'm like that was in like if you could like that was really any trade like that was just any trade you know right like that had no bearing on anything whatsoever it was just people making noise just to make noise that shit was hilarious <laughs> people making noise just to make noise for sure i think now's a good time to end this podcast yes sir thank you to the game time with zach and jamir my name is zach Wright, hosted by jamir wilson and you can follow us on Instagram at Game Time Whisper Podcast, on Twitter at Game Time underscore ZNJ, and on Facebook with at Game Time with ZNJ to stay up to that further content. And to listen to this, this episode, past episodes, future episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Breaker, or Google Podcasts, all that stuff. All right, catch y'all soon. Looking forward to this next season. Peace.